So I go over there and uh, and she's in this state and I'm crying to her and I'm withdrawing from drugs. She said to me, Bree, you have a speck in your eye. And I and I wasn't sure what that even meant. I'm like, what do you mean, mom? What, what does that even mean? She told me to lay on her bed. I started to feel something constricting in my abdomen. It was squeezing so hard, I, I was having trouble breathing. I couldn't get a breath out. And she tried pressing down on me and just kept saying, get off of her, get off of her. I called out to her and was so scared, I called her mommy. And I was like, mommy, like, what's happening? And the only thing I could see was Jesus and a whole light around him, almost like sun rays were around him. I couldn't see like every definition in space, but I just knew it was him. And he was pointing at me and he very sternly said to me, I'm coming. I didn't even know what was happening. I just knew it was happening. There I looked up in the sky and I saw what looked like hundreds of angels flying across the sky. So he was telepathically talking to me. And while he was talking to me, he's first he introduced himself. He said, I'm Gabriel. And, you know, immediately I knew who that was. And so I was stunned. You know, I'm just here in headlights, like I'm just talking to an angel right now. I'm not talking. My jaw is like on the floor. And he's a messenger of God. In my head, he said to me, don't settle for half a fish. And he reached in his pocket. And he reached in his pocket. And he reached in his pocket. Welcome to Touching the Afterlife. I'm Julie. My guest today is Brianna. Hi, Brianna. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi. Brianna, I know that you have a unique journey and a supernatural testimony that you're going to share with us today. So why don't you start where you want to start in the beginning of your story? Um, okay, so so we're going to start um, close to the time that I got saved, what the turning point was in my life, what made me finally cry out to God. So in 2019, and this was after years of battling drug addiction and being in abusive relationships, everything kind of came to a head in my life. And, um, and the, uh, the abuse and the drug use that was going on inside my household exploded outside the household. Authorities got involved and my kids were ordered out of my care by the state on March 7th of 2019. So following that period of time, uh, up until October of 2019, was, which is when I got saved, um, was me battling, trying to figure out how I was going to get my kids back trying to listen to the caseworkers, trying to do meet all the requirements, which was a lot. There were so many requirements. If somebody trying to quit drugs, it was overwhelming. So <clears throat> basically what happened over that period of time until October was me doing well, but then kind of messing up and doing well and kind of messing up. And then I finally, that came to a head and the caseworkers were like, we're not happy. They ordered, they ordered my visitation to be cut off temporarily. And um, that was the point that I started to get really scared that I was going to lose my kids and I wasn't sure what to do. Now, my mother, she was a God-fearing, God-loving woman. She had always talked to me about Jesus as a child. She would tell me all kinds of things, including about demons, and some of it would be scary. I never knew whether or not to really believe her, but seeing as how, you know, I've heard other people with their testimonies with Jesus and with getting saved and how they went from, you know, the, the, the pits of their life to being in, in wonderful, blessed places in life and having purpose and their life turning around. I, it was worth a shot to me. 
I wasn't really sure what I was even getting into or what I was exactly looking for. But being that my mother was such a spiritual person and she loved Jesus so much, I went over to her house to talk to her. And I wasn't even sure what I wanted to talk to her about. I just really wanted to cry to her. And I think in hindsight, I, I think I wanted to feel close to God. And so when I went over to her house, she she was in what I would call like a really open spiritual state. My mother would be in these um, states at times where she was like receiving from God that she would, well, she could, she could hear a lot of things. So she would hear from God, but at times, you know, she could hear, she could hear the enemy and she just knew things throughout my life. She would just know things and she'd randomly call me and tell me things like give me messages from God. And that happened multiple times over the years as an adult. So I go over there and, uh, and she's in this state and I'm crying to her and I'm withdrawing from drugs, you know, and I, and I didn't care. You know, I was, I was so upset. The only thing that mattered to me was, was, you know, trying to find some kind of an answer to, to the situation I was in where I had no control. So what ended up happening was, well, me and my mother were conversating and I'm crying to her. She said to me, Bree, you have a speck in your eye. And I, and I wasn't sure what that even meant. I'm like, what do you mean, mom? What, what does that even mean? And she told me to lay on her bed. And this is before I even knew what the laying of hands was. I didn't know what that was. But she laid her hands on me. And when she laid her hands on me, I started to feel something constricting in my abdomen. It was squeezing so hard I I was having trouble breathing I couldn't get a breath out I remember I could feel my face turning beet red I couldn't breathe and then my mother kept saying over and over get off of her and she tried pressing down on me and just kept saying get off of her get off of her at some point um, my mother stood up the last time that she touched me it knocked me from her bed to the floor and it scared me I didn't understand how I could get knocked to the floor you know, by a 60-something-year-old woman, she barely touched me. Mother barely touched me in a thousand years. Well, it scared me, and I remember it scared me so much, I called out to her. And I haven't called her mommy since I think I was, like, three years old. I called out to her and was so scared, I called her mommy. And I'm like, mommy, like, what's happening? And she didn't even answer. She just sat there and watched, watched me through the situation. And once, once I fell to the floor and I called out to her, I then had this overwhelming, all of my vision was gone of my mom, of her apartment, of everything that was in front of me. And the only thing I could see was Jesus and a whole light around him, almost like sun rays were around him. I couldn't see like every definition in space, but I just knew it was him. And he was pointing at me and he very sternly said to me, I'm coming. That's all he said. And then he, he went through me and then that it was done and the vision was done following that vision um i i felt it, in that same moment just all within seconds i it registered to me like the second coming he was just feeding me all this information a lot of things i didn't even know but he was like the second coming he's coming back and i felt fear i felt fear and i felt the fear of what many will fear when he comes back and they're not ready for him to come back, that they were, you know, foolish or chose not to believe or live for themselves or, or whatever. Just a lot of people are going to be super unprepared for when he comes back. And I felt that. And then I started to 
just over and over and over and over again. I almost felt like I was going crazy. I just felt the need. I've got to warn them. I got to warn them. I just kept saying that. And my mother was watching me go through all this. She knew what was happening. I didn't know what was happening. And, uh, and you know, I, I finally, I was able to get a grip on myself, but it, it took me a minute to get a grip on myself because I had never experienced anything like that. I mean, I've heard stories, but to actually experience something like that, it, it's, it's, it's a different kind of experience. Um, you almost do question your sanity until, until you're able to process what happened. And then there's just so many other people who've gone through experiences like that, that, you know, you start to, over time, you get clarity about what happened. And that, that's what was, you know, over time, I've been able to get clarity about, about the experiences that I had with God. So, um, so this was a significant moment. You had a supernatural visitation. You saw the Lord. Did you see what he looked like? And No, I, I didn't see details of his face. You know, I, I've heard some people say he's got kind of like a crooked nose. I, I didn't see any of those details. I just knew instinctively that it was him. And your mom, what did she, did she see anything or she saw just you and your, how you were, what you were experiencing? You know, I, I, she was just watching. My mom was just watching me. And then when, once it, so as soon as that experience happened, I went through the process of what's called being reborn. And when you're reborn, it literally feels like you've been reborn. Like your eyes are new, like you, your feelings, your emotions are new. My mother laid with me on her bed and we cried together and we laughed together. I went through it. It went through it for like several, several minutes. I don't even know exactly how long it was where I was basically just literally being reborn. Like I, I started to get new understanding just within minutes. I mean, I started to feel a connection with my mother that I haven't felt since I was a little girl. And it was like meeting her for the first time again, but I've always known her. It was, it was like the most beautiful experience after the fact, literally in that moment, your whole spirit just gets reborn and you start to have new understanding of life. And, and she uh, got you start to witness that she got to be a part yeah. of that. How yeah. Cool. She just held me. She just held me through it. Cause I, I cried. And then I went through like a, laughing like a little girl. I felt like a little girl. It was like the most innocent feeling. You know, I, I haven't felt that in years. It was it was like we finally seeing each other again for the first time. Almost like um before all the traumatic things that did happen in my life, it was like me and her seeing each other again before all the bad things happened. You know, I was just like, gonna say because I know you had a pretty rough childhood, right? I mean you, yeah. you and your mom had a lot of differences. Uh a lot of spiritual yeah. things as well. A lot of spiritual warfare, and but I didn't know that's what it was, you know. It's a lot of darkness, you know, around our house and in our family. So that was very healing for you. Yeah, what yeah, you it was. What happened from there? Did, were you delivered from your drug abuse? I know you had a lot of miracles following. Why don't you share with us about that? So, so after that, you know, of course, I naturally wanted to seek the Lord more. That was like, once I got a grip, I'm like, man, that was wild. Let me go see if I can, <laughs> I want to go see the Lord again. And, uh, and so I started going to this church um, in Ohio. And, uh, and there was this pastor there. And 
she offered anointing oil. And I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even know what anointing was. I didn't know what the oil was. But if it was from God, I was with it. So I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> so so I go to the front of the church and she rubs the oil across my head. And I'm happy as can be to receive this oil. I'm, I'm like smiling while I'm up there. That smile got wiped off my face pretty quick. Because as soon as she rubbed that oil on my forehead, my body fell back did a backflip and I've got a bad back. I've had a bad back for years since I was 20 years old. I've got, I've got degenerative disc disease. I've never been able to do a backflip in my life. Not even when I was a little girl, I crawled halfway up a wall and did a backflip. And I remember the pastor saying when, when that was done, she was like, God doesn't make you do backflips. So this was my deliverance at this point. This was when I was getting delivered. Sorry, delivered from what demons? So, yeah, yeah, and, and, and we suspect about three maybe, um, but yeah, it went on for about a half an hour. I wanted to throw up. Um, I felt like something was choking me again, squeezing my abdomen. I, I needed to use the bathroom. I felt I needed to use the bathroom, and that's when tongues uh, first started with me. The first time I ever spoke in tongues, I didn't know what it was. And there was so much coming out of me that it wasn't even like clear, distinct tongues. Like I pray in tongues now and it didn't even sound like that. It was another language, but I was almost screaming it like from the pits of my soul, from from all the pain and the suffering and the trauma. It was just rolling out of me. And I was and I was almost screaming in tongues. And that went on for for a while, for a while. And the pastor and elders were praying over me and they put a blanket on me while I went through it. I just had to go through it. There's nothing I could do about it at that point. It's what I had wanted. I just didn't realize that this is what I had wanted. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even know what was happening. I just knew it was happening. Mm -hmm. So after that experience, you were able to, you felt lighter. You tell us about how you felt and what happened from there. <laughs> so after that experience, um, so over like a week period of time, things started to shift again. I started having more experiences. So the deliverance that I went through, I was delivered from a lot, but there was something still there. And I remember I kept feeling it and I kept feeling it. I kept calling the pastor, like, why won't it go away? Why won't it go away? And eventually we had a conversation over the phone. She prayed for me over the phone and it went. Um, but it was like this lingering feeling of like something wrapped around my abdomen for over a week after my deliverance ceremony. So that finally was gone. Once that was gone, I started to, I was feeling the Holy Spirit really strong. I didn't initially know that it was the Holy Spirit I was feeling. I would just feel this rush through my body every time something truthful was happening or um, anything uh, that I would say that like God was affirming with me, I would feel the rush of the Holy Spirit. And that's how it started. And what ended up happening following that was I started to be able to hear, it's like there was a window open into the supernatural um, realm where I was able to hear from God. I was able to also hear Satan and all different kinds of demons. I mean, there was good, bad, you name it. It was just like that window was open and I could hear it all. So once Brianna, you were uh, delivered, had that deliverance of those demonic forces, you were able to hear God clearly, but you're saying you also were maybe more discerning of the, the demonic realm as well. 
Yeah, I could, I could literally, I could literally hear it almost sounded like a snake, sounded like a snake talking to me. And I don't know, and this is the part that I, I don't have full understanding. I've gotten some over the last few years, I've gotten pieces of understanding as God gives it to me for why I heard or experienced what I experienced, different reasons behind it. But at the time that this was happening, I was completely by myself. And to, so to be able to hear God was the most comforting, like safest feeling possibly. I was in a state all by myself, didn't have my kids had no, you know, no significant other, no husband or anything, no, no house, no car, no family, nobody was around me. I was by myself, you know, in a, in a city that really wasn't safest and I could hear God. So it's, it's like he gave it, he gave that to me for a couple of reasons for sure that I know that he's shown me to comfort me, to guide me, to give me wisdom and understanding about these spiritual things and the nature of the supernatural. Right. And to also um, to test me, I was also tested, and to show me the importance of knowing scripture. Mm. There was just the, these are these are some of the reasons that he's shown me so far, and I mean I'm still gathering bits and pieces of it, but yeah, I I went through that where I had a demonic attacks, and then I also at one point I I met an angel, you know, so there was like good and bad things happening. He was letting me experience all these things, so then when I went back and I started to get into the scripture started to read scripture i was able to take those experiences and align it with scripture and better understand it and to see basically firsthand what he's talking about in, in some of some of the scriptures i mean there's a lot to it but but it was uh gave me, he gave me a lot of wisdom through that experience and it went on for from uh like the end of october until about the first week of january 2020. i know it's almost like you he just he just showed himself in every facet as your comforter, mm -hmm. as your teacher, as your guidance, giving yeah. you wisdom, doing all these things to prepare you because of the call you have on your life. And can you go into, uh, we know that you had said you were kind of freed from drugs or you were completely delivered, right? Or did you kind yeah. of go back and forth a little? Um, no, no, I was, after that, I was just became a new creature. I remember I was on uh, Suboxone uh, before, before I got saved, I was on Suboxone because I had addiction to a few different things, right? It's like an opioid addiction, addicted pills, and other things. And um, and so I was going to this outpatient clinic to to help myself, but also satisfy the caseworkers. And if anybody knows anything about Suboxone, it is difficult to stop taking. It is so difficult because of the withdrawals that you go through. I went through those withdrawals and I could have turkey. And I did it with God. He showed, like, he showed me how to nurse my body back to health and because he was literally conversating with me all day long i just i i was okay i was comforted i was i was almost like distracted from it I wasn't focused on it i knew it was going to be okay you know it wasn't it wasn't overbearing um so he, he walked me through the process he showed me like bathing and praying over the water and um, eating and the importance, you know, the funny thing too is the importance of drinking water. But I used to really love like the, um, not spring water, every every other kind of bottled water, but spring water. And after I got saved, the bottled water started to taste funny to me. And the only thing that tasted good was spring water. And there was something about the spring water was better for you, didn't have things in it. So I, I don't remember exactly the details of that, but. 
little, you know, little things like that. He was just giving me a lot of wisdom. I was, he was so, I was so busy just getting wisdom from him about things and him just showing me new things and just feeling like a little girl, you know, learning from her father that I, that's what I was focused on. And he, and he literally showed me how to nurse my body back to house. So within a month, within a month, I mean, I was, I was in great, like, physical and spiritual condition from where I was even a month ago, two months ago. That's amazing. And the word, unlike before, I don't know if you read the Bible before, but now the word is becoming alive to you. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's living. It really is living word. And I remember he would give me scriptures too. I would, I would read the Bible, um, you know, throughout the day, I would read the Bible whenever he prompted me to do so. And I would read whatever it is that I needed to read. But then he would, he would throughout the day, whenever I would interact with somebody or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, or I'm taking a walk, wherever I was, he would just randomly give me scripture. And the way he talks, the way he talks is very much how the Bible is written. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. it, was it at this point, Brianna, um, you didn't have your kids. You were, you had to keep going through some yeah. trials, right? He was taking yeah. you through that. Is this when you uh, wound up um, homeless? And can you kind of talk to us about that? Yeah. So when, when I, when I had gotten saved, I was already homeless. I was already, I was living out of my car. And then shortly after that, I, I crashed my car and I crashed my car. I'm convinced because God took it from me <laughs> because I was on my way to the Suboxone clinic and I knew I didn't want to get the Suboxone. I was trying to, I think at that point, satisfy the caseworkers, which the caseworkers I had at that point in time, they were not, we'll just say they were not godly women. We'll just say that. And so, um, they were not looking out necessarily for my best interest. Um, and I remember I was on my way to Spoxy Clinic and I couldn't, I had been there every week for six months. I knew exactly how to get there. Well, I couldn't figure out how to get there. And then just as I was like getting frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to get there, I looked up in the sky and I saw what looked like hundreds of angels flying across the sky in my crash car and I came out of it without a scratch it was completely tipped on its side I just climbed up out of it and didn't have a bump or a scrape or anything on me and what do you what did you make out of that experience I was fine with it at that point I was here I was hearing from God and I was fine with it you know outsiders looking in were like oh how could you I was completely comforted I just knew no matter what everything was going to be fine that everything like God's will being done in my life was a good thing that all things work together for the greater good. And I was fine with it. I didn't care. Like, all right, it's gone. I'll get another one. You know, yeah. I just wasn't worried about it. It just didn't it matter anymore. That it happened on the way to the clinic. It's almost yeah, like it happened on the way. Yeah. It's like he stopped me from that. Like, nope, you're done there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> that, that was my answer. Like, all right. Yeah. I shouldn't win anyways. I know. Excuse me, God. Sorry, forgive me. <laughs> so, why don't you go into when you were at the homeless shelter from there, and you had quite a few uh, experiences, yeah. including meeting an angel. I yeah. love this. Go into that for us. Yeah. So while I was there, um, you know, I this when I started encountering uh, a lot of demonic, um, a lot of demonic 
I, I don't even want to just say beings, but people that were infested with them. The whole place was infested with them. And God was revealing that to me. And, uh, you know, there, I remember, I remember uh, one night, I, and I don't think I said this before, but I remember one night and God was explaining to me that, um, and this is interesting, relating to my daughter's dream, I'll, I'll come back to that, but he was telling me basically that there was demonic beings that were basically landing on the top of this homeless shelter and that they were basically infesting it. And the very, and I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the vision in my mind of this happening. And I'm hearing God talk to me about this. And, uh, and I remember trying to reach out to a pastor, but she wasn't um, to what I was trying to say about, you know, what was going on that, you know, maybe if she had another place for me to stay or whatever, she wasn't accepted. By the next morning, we woke up, fights broke out. Everybody was arguing. People were threatening to stab each other. I mean, it was it was evident that what he was telling me was true because that wasn't normal. You know, we don't just wake up wanting to stab each other, but everybody was fighting. I'm just watching all this play out. And uh, that was that was just one thing. And that which is interesting to me because my daughter's dream all these years later, she says she saw demons landing on people's houses in her dream. And I'm like, oh, he told me that. So that was like another little piece of confirmation. Like a, that's like a legit thing. So, um, that was one of the things that happened. And then, um, there was another time too, that God was talking to me about this woman that was there. She looked so innocent. She just looked like this little old lady and, you know, she would wear like little nice sweaters. She looked so innocent. And, but God was telling me what was really in her soul that she was, that she was a witch and she was in a witchcraft that she was actually, you know, pretty up there in, in terms of witchcraft. And I remember sitting at a table with her and I'm looking at her and she won't even look me in the face. And then I took my Bible and I slid it over to her and she just turned around away from the Bible. I remember that just things like that would happen all the time. And then uh, while I was there, while I was there, um, there was, I remember was, we were in this cafeteria, right? Where we used to eat and we'd be there all day long. And I think it was dinner time. It was either dinner or lunch. It wasn't breakfast for sure. It was it was later. I almost want to say it was dark out. This was winter time. It's cold out. I'm running around. I remember I had some food. And I'm running around needing a utensil. I, could, I think it was a spoon or a fork that I needed. I remember going to the kitchen, trying to get one from them. And they were like, hold on. By the time I went back to my table, there was this little short little man there. And I remember he had like a hat on kind of like mine. He had a red coat on. He had a whole bunch of, of stuff, like his backpack was like stuff full. You could tell. He pulled out like a bag stuff with all kinds of little extras, little whatever, like utensils and stuff. And he handed me what it was I had needed. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. And uh, he's talking to me. He starts talking to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, just happy, bubbly, because I... I love the Lord and I understand his love for his people. So I'm, I, you know, I do my best to be friendly with everybody and, but be on my guard, but be friendly with people and understand that these are God's kids. So I'm, you know, I'm entertaining this way. I'm talking to him, um, but he's talking to me. I'm just listening and he's talking to me. I just talking to me. He's speaking what, what sounds like riddles. I did not understand what he was saying. I, I, it was just like crazy. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm thinking for a second, I'm like, 
okay, maybe he's got some something wrong with him. You know what I mean? He's talking to me like this. But as I stood there, and it wasn't long after he started talking to me, this happened. I'm looking at him directly in his eyes. And I started to hear uh, in my head. I could hear that same man's voice, but I started to hear his voice in my head. It's hard to explain because he was talking, but I was hearing him in two places. So he was telepathically talking to me. And while he was talking to me, he's first, he introduced himself. He said, I'm Gabriel. And, you know, immediately I knew who that was. And so I was stunned. You know, I'm just here in headlights. Like I'm talking to an angel right now. I'm not talking. My jaw is like on the floor. So he's just talking to me. I remember he was, he was talking to me about everything that was going on around us. And uh, for me, kind of affirming everything that I was experiencing and whatnot, like this was giving me, this was a huge amount of validation and confirmation for me that he was even having this conversation and coming to tell me these things, right? And he's a messenger of God. So he's giving, you know, it's helping to, to you know, kind of stomp on the doubt that I would feel at times. And uh, I, I can't remember everything he said to me. The only, the only thing that I remember, and it's because he did something while he was telling me it, is in my head, he said to me, don't settle for half a fish. And he was speaking of men, because one of the things that's been a problem in my life is these men that I've chosen because I was a broken person. I would go for these broken men that had all these problems. They weren't providers. They were abusers. Most of them had a drug problem. There's just you know, like just not, not what I should be dealing with. Right. And it caused a lot of my grief throughout my life. And so it makes sense to me why this was a focus point for God with me. And, uh, and so he said to me, don't settle for half a fish. And he reached in his pocket and he pulled out half of a goldfish cracker. It was a broken goldfish cracker. Now he said it in my head, but he has the goldfish cracker in his hand. And, uh, and, and then he, he takes it away and then he says, we'll send another. And then he pulled out a whole goldfish. And before I know it, the conversation was over and he was gone. And I don't know, it got like interrupted. I didn't see him leave. I didn't see him come in. And I didn't see him leave. He was there and then he was gone. But the message was sent. <laughs> the message was sent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. God was like, okay, <laughs> this is what you're going to do. You're going to stop <laughs> going after this sex with man. Yeah, so at that same moment, I had a vision of this man with these, like, dreadlocks. And they were pulled back into a ponytail. And it was a side vision of him. And he was, like, pushing open the door, getting ready to walk through it. And he was holding the hand of a little boy. And it was there and it was gone. Well few years later, fast forward to the man that I'm going to marry. When I met him, he had these dreadlocks and he always wore it in this like ponytail. And my son, he's only six and him and him and my son are like two peas in a pod. Like that's his, that's his dad now. Cause his dad is lost in the world and I pray for him. Um, but he is, you know, definitely not around. So it's just, you know, it's huge blessing this guy. But yeah, he, that was another thing. That was another so, thing. So the vision came to pass and you got yeah. You got your full goldfish. <laughs> yeah, I got my full goldfish, and he is. He's what a fish he is. But like, he's so he's a God fearing man. You know, he's got some things to work on. But don't we all? Don't we you know, all. we all got stuff to work on. But overall, his his moral compass is right where it needs to be. Like he is only, and he loves being with me for the fact that I'm like I have helped to facilitate a closer relationship with God. 
I talk about God every single day. I pray every single day. You know, like there's not a day that goes by that I don't say something about God to someone somehow. It's just not like my whole, my day start, starts with God and it ends with God. And it's all day long. It's just God. I Bible study all day long, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he's, he's great. He's great, man. Oh, one of the other things that I want to tell you too, is during that time period, I remember God told me that I would get my kids back in May, right? Well, in May of 20, and remember what, when God's telling you something, it may not mean directly exactly what you think it's going to mean. So when he said, get your kids back, What's how it came first was when the first May came around after that experience, after that, him telling me that first May came around, I got my visitation back. I was now allowed to see my kids. So in a sense, I had my kids back, right? I had them back in my life and I was able to see them again. The next May, I got my kids back. So that was good. permanently. Thank you. Yeah, God. permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. It's the only only way how i, I would have never gotten back i probably would have lost them i probably would have lost them i was nothing without god every everything that that every part of me is all because of god every every hair on my head you choose life right you chose life yeah chose life yeah and it's beautiful you know it's hard it's hard it's not easy following god it's, it's really difficult but it's i wouldn't have it any other way i mean the beauty that comes with it and just the 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 feeling of it's like the good struggle you can be out there with the bad struggle or you can be in here with the good struggle (laughs) yeah and no matter what we go through you have there you have a safety protection love yeah that surpasses all understanding and and going back to uh you know you started out with him telling you he's coming back soon and i think that's important for us to kind of have live our life now looking up because our engine draws nigh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brianna, I want to go into a little bit about your daughter uh, had a dream and just what the Lord is now doing uh, with your children and what that looks like. Yeah. My younger two, they, you know, they, we pray every single day. We pray every single day. They know things about God. They understand some things about God. I've, I've, you know, I've explained some things about God and read the Bible to them and whatnot. But my daughter Isabella is the one that's like the leader of this, of this, you know, like for the relationship with God with my children. She's like the leader of it, right? Because her faith is so strong for a nine-year-old little girl to have that much faith. I mean, it, it is, it is amazing. Um, she's had some dreams and she told me this and this is recent that she told me she she told me about i told her we were in the car driving having a conversation and i was talking to her about you know how i knew god was real and then i told her how with my experiences i'm like that's how i know god's real and then she fired back and was like you know how i know god's real (laughs) and then told me about this dream where she encountered god and he picked her up. He was like giant. She said he was giant and that he called her to him and he picked her up and she was just like a little thing in his hand. He picked her up and he took something dark off of her, which she probably had there from trauma because that's usually how they get in. 
And then he took this Holy Spirit. She didn't know it. She said, he put this thing in me, mom. He put this thing in me. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he put the Holy Spirit in you, baby. <laughs> took something out, he, put he, something he in. Bad, yeah, he in. took the bad and he put the good in, baby. She's like, I don't know. He just, I remember he put something in me, mom. <laughs> and he said, I, you are mine now. <laughs> so he, you know, something along those lines. And, uh, and she's had, she's had a couple more dreams too, where he like gave her this weapon, this like tool used to get rid of demons. And in her, her dream, she was like fighting demons with this weapon. No matter how scared she was, she said, mommy, I just shut my eyes and I swung it <laughs> and they were gone. You and know, going yeah. Back to, Brianna, going back to Jesus coming back soon, I think that there's going to be more and more of this in children and our kids and just they're, them seeing things and, and knowing and speaking. I, I truly believe that it's going to be a lot through our children. I, I got a revelation recently about that, probably about six months ago, where I was reading that verse in the Bible about um, your sons and daughters will prophesy in my name. That, that verse, I was reading that and it just downloaded another revelation that that was going to happen for my children, that that was going to happen for my oldest son who was like anti-God everything, who has now recently been receptive to hearing about God. And I told him, like, God told me that this was going to happen. And he's like, I look forward to it. I've never heard that out of my son's mouth ever. He's 15. He's, you know, he's a teenager. He's had a lot of trauma. And so for that to be happening, God's working on him. God's working on him like over time. So I'm super thankful for that. So I look forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. I just, I like all faith, no worries. It's going to be all right. Yes. Love it. One more thing about your daughter's dream. Just, can you just share a little bit about the two doors? Because that was significant when you, when you shared that with me. Yeah. She, yeah. So she, um, she said that in the dream, it started out where there was two doors. There was a door where you could clearly see there was light and there was another door. And she said there was flames coming out of the door. And she said there was a voice coming from both doors calling her to it. But she didn't go to the dark door with the fire because she thought the fire was going to burn her. So that's what made her walk through the door of light. And once she got on the other side of it, God said, good job. You chose right. So that was like a test for her in the dream. I think that is exactly what I want to end on today. There's two doors that we can all choose from. So Brianna, obviously God was able to grab your attention in so many ways. What would be your biggest lesson from your testimony that you would like to share with the viewers today? Biggest, my biggest lesson is uh, fear of the Lord is the only fear that you should have. Mm -hmm. And that you should live your life for, for the kingdom of God. That's really good because it goes back to uh, when you first had your experience with the Lord and that changed your life and going with your daughter's two door dreams. I just want to yeah. pray for us that we would all choose the right door. So Father, we come before you, Brianna and I and everybody listening. I pray that if you're at a crossroads right now in your life, that you would heed from Brianna's testimony, her story of choosing life, of choosing you. I pray that these uh, influences that are unhealthy, that are bringing you down, that you would be, that you would recognize what it is and what it represents, and that you would choose life, that you would choose Jesus, and ask Him because He says, "Knock and the door will be open. Seek and you shall find Me. 
And so we pray right now together that that we would all choose you, Jesus, and choose life. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.